Praise God. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, May Your Good Spirit Lead Me. Um, Celebrating Memorial Day today, obviously that lives given to secure and to maintain the freedom of this country, and that's commendable and beautiful, as Ty said. But it's also Pentecost Sunday where we celebrate the life that Jesus gave so that the Holy Spirit could take up residence in temples that have been washed and made pure and holy by the blood of Jesus that he sacrificed. This is the great beauty of this day. It's a time to stop and appreciate God's Holy Spirit and what he brings into our lives. And I was uh, busy reading a a, a psalm and... um, I felt like the, the Lord had kind of highlighted it for me. And it's a really a, a psalm about David when he was in a really tough place, as a lot of David's psalms are about that. And I had been teaching on the secrets of the psalmist, again, in one of the churches that I preached on. And I, I talked about how this pattern is repeated of where David describes what's going on, then he ascribes greatness to God, then he prescribes what he wants. That's a simple formula of most of David's psalms. And I was reading through this psalm and noticing that the, the description is pretty thin. The ascription is there, but it's not the, the majority of the psalm. But the prescription, the God help me, can you save me? Could you teach me? Could you show me? Could you help me? Could you speak to me? Could you be close? Could you not judge me? There's a lot of prescription in this psalm. And David's being chased by enemies. And so that's what it's all about. I want to read the entire psalm to us. Uh, because I want you to get the context in, into which he's speaking about the good spirit of the Lord, but also because simply the public reading of Scripture is a healthy spiritual discipline, which Paul said to Timothy, don't neglect. So again, David's not in a happy stage uh, of his life. He's under pressure, and he's just going, Lord, I really need you to help me. And into that context of all these things that he's asking God for, he calls out for God's good spirit to guide him. And fundamentally, the, the understanding is that the good spirit of the Lord is the, re- the reason that all of these things are going to accrue into his life. So here it is, Psalm 143, a Psalm of David. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me, and my heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord, for my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way that I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God, and may your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life, and in your righteousness bring me out of trouble. 
in your unfailing love, silence my enemies, destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. David prays, he said, Lord, may your good spirit lead me on level ground. And I love this idea. To my knowledge, it's the only place in the scripture where the Holy Spirit is called good. God is called good and Jesus was called good. And the Holy Spirit's called good here by David. May your good spirit. And I'm so taken with this idea. I'm so enamored and so grateful to the Lord that this is the way it's structured. That God is a, that the Holy Spirit is a good spirit. He's not fickle or mean or vindictive and spiteful. He's not easily angered. He's not malicious or cruel. The New Testament has so many great adjectives and so many names for the Holy Spirit. Some of my favorites are, he's called the Spirit of Grace or the Spirit of Life or the God who gives overflowing hope or the Counselor or the Comforter or the Guide or the Spirit of the Lord the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. David said, Lord, there's so many things that I need. I'm in trouble. I, I, everywhere I look, I, I'm hard pressed on every side. And so I'm asking you, and these, these things I'm asking, please help me with this. And then David basically says, let, let your good spirit come and lead me. Because David realized, man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm about request number 78 on my list and I'm going... Can I just synthesize all of those needs? Can I synthesize all of that awareness and just say, could your good spirit lead me on level ground? And some of you sitting here, you go, you know, because you can listen to messages after message after message and eventually you go, can you just give me something that I can hang on to right now? Because I'm not feeling that. My cape that used to flow even when the wind wasn't blowing is now sort of limp and in my pocket. I'm not feeling the Superman thing, I'm feeling a little down, and David is saying, I'm faint. If you don't answer me, Lord, I think I'm gonna die, is basically what David said. I, I, I'm, this is not a moment of great victory and power and inner strength, this is like, can I, just, can I just simplify this down? Could your good spirit lead me? And I felt like this morning, when we were remembering Pentecost, I felt like the, the Holy Spirit said, just, can you just tell my people, can you just teach them, just, could your good spirit just lead me? Lord. And so I want to talk a little bit about how the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. Jesus came to earth because he was sent by the Father and he lived here 33 years and he executed the Father's will perfectly. Then he went back to heaven and then the Holy Spirit came, sent by Jesus and the Father. And he's been on earth for over 2,000 years. And Jesus spoke so highly of the Holy Spirit. He esteemed him. He honored his work. He celebrated his coming. He said, I'm so excited to see this day of the Lordship of the Spirit of God over the church. And uh, can I just say that it's the Holy Spirit who has come to execute the agenda and the will of God now on the earth. Jesus purchased it but the Holy Spirit executes it. He brings that purchase into our lives, and that's what he's been doing for these years. Now, David wrote, and I just wrote out what David asked, okay? So we're just gonna look at the psalm and just say, what did David actually just prescribe? And when he said, Lord, could you just do this for me? So let me read these to you. Hear my prayer, listen to my cry for mercy, come to my relief, don't judge me, answer me quickly, don't hide your face from me. 
Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Show me the way that I should go. Rescue me from my enemies. Teach me to do your will. Lead me on level ground. Preserve my life. Bring me out of trouble. Silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes. And to which I say, amen. That's pretty much every prayer I wanted to pray. Yes. And, and the intimation of the psalm is that, that that comes by God's good spirit. The, the person who will execute all of the will of God in my life is the good spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the one who does the will of the Father and of Jesus. They're inseparable, indivisible, in perfect unity, full of wisdom, abounding in love. And I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit is holy and good. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a God who has all power but is not perfectly holy? A God who is somehow vindictive or mean. Imagine if, if no one could resist him and he had some error in his character. We would all be in deep trouble. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that our God is perfect in beauty. He's holy and true and upright and loving and faithful. Makes you want to worship him. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you that this is the way, this is the structure, this is life, this is how it's set up. Imagine if the enemy had all power. This would be a barren wasteland. Now Jesus came and he had a part to play, but even Jesus ceded the arena to the Holy Spirit. He said to his disciples, John 16, he goes, I have so much more I want to tell you, but you guys can't handle it anymore right now. And my time is up. I want to tell you. But, but Jesus started to say, um, when he comes, the Holy Spirit's going to convict the world with regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment, with regard to sin because of this. And, and, and the disciples were, and Jesus said, yeah, I got so much more I want to say, but I get, the lights are on, but no one's home, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just take over. That's what he said, because you guys are not ready. So he's going to come, and he's going to gently guide you into all truth. And he's going to give you as much as you can handle. And he's going to take you places, and he's going to not speak on his own, but he's going to take everything that I've told you, and he's going to remind you of it, and he's going to take from me, and he's going to exalt me, and he's going to lift up the Father, and he's going to be perfectly faithful, and he's going to do this. And he goes, I'm so excited for you guys. So excited the Holy Spirit's going to be here. So I thought... Just for a few minutes, I wanted to remind us just some of the basic things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do, and then we're going to get into what we, what we can do. How can we respond to this God? So seven things quickly the Holy Spirit will do. Number one, Jesus said he'd convict the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. He's going he's to move about the earth, and he's going to explain to people uh, about their lives, that their lives are not right and that they, uh, they're not righteous before God and uh, that there's a judgment coming and they need to change. 
That's part of what the Holy Spirit does. Now, he does that to people who don't yet believe. So he convicts the world, Jesus said. He doesn't convict the church. He convicts the world. He convicts the world and God to sin, righteousness, and judgment. But God's people, once you come into faith, once you believe, the Holy Spirit speaks to you and convicts you about how much he loves you and about how close you are to the Father and how much access you have. And the Holy Spirit whispers inside of you, Abba, Father. There's an intimacy that he convicts you about after you saved, but before you saved, he convicts you about the fact that you don't yet know Jesus and your life is not right. It's part of what he does. So the second thing he does is he converts people. The, the Spirit gives birth to your spirit. You can't be born again except by the Spirit of God. And so those people who respond to this word, who have the grace and faith that, the, that is the, the, the mixture that allows you to come to salvation, the Holy Spirit then gives you birth and he submerges you and he puts you into the body of Christ. He does some beautiful things for you. And you get born again. That's what he does. The third thing he does is he closes up or he seals. He seals you in Jesus Christ. He doesn't let you come out of Christ. He doesn't let you uh, move away from that reality. He's always going to be speaking to you in Christ. He's, your identity from that moment onward is always fixed in the person of Jesus Christ. He sees you through the merits of Jesus and not through the merits of your own life. Praise God. Amen. That's why you're holy and blameless in his sight right now. That's why he looks at you and loves you with an everlasting love that cannot be broken. That's why there is unbroken fellowship, even though sometimes we're stupid. Can you say stupid in church? Yeah. Yeah. I was just checking if people at the back are awake. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. The Holy Spirit is going to seal you in Christ. He's going to close you up and... He's, he's the seal that the scripture says. Number four, he comforts us. Oh, John 14, but when the comforter comes, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send. He is the one who is called alongside us to counsel and to comfort. He walks with us, comforting us in all the things that this life can throw at us. And surely that's something that we should love. Then he counsels us. I will ask the Father and he will send to you another advocate, that word counselor. Alos is the Greek word, another of exactly the same kind as me, Jesus said. He's gonna send somebody who's just like me to be a counselor for you. And the Holy Spirit will walk with us and counsel us and teach us and show us and uh, whisper to us about, uh, about, about spiritual things, no, about everything, because if, you're the creator of everything, then everything you created is spiritual. Does that make sense? Everything that God created is holy. If it's dedicated to him, so you go, well, he, he doesn't care about my diet. Of course he does. He doesn't care about my finances. Of course he does. What, what area is off limits? Nothing if you've dedicated your life to him. And he loves to counsel people. Number six, he chaperones. Don't you know that you are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? He's gonna walk with you. He's gonna chaperone you through this life. He's gonna lead you through trials and he's gonna guide you away from temptations and he's gonna speak to you if you're open to him about what's coming up. He's gonna whisper to you about things that are, you're gonna walk into and you're gonna seem so wise in the moment. How do you get that? Well, I, the Holy Spirit woke me up yesterday morning and started speaking to me about stuff and I was like, this makes no sense. And then I walked into the situation where they go, what's the answer to this? I go, that thing you told me yesterday. 
He chaperones you. And then, number seven, he commissions. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're gonna be my witnesses. This is the great commission. Do not go, do not go preach. Do not leave Jerusalem until my Holy Spirit comes on you. And then he's gonna commission you. Then when he's come on you, you, you're gonna go be my witnesses, my martyrs throughout the whole earth. You're gonna go make a difference. Now, this is the profound beauty of what the Holy Spirit does. That's not the exhaustive list, that's just a few, but I just wanted to give us a sense of how important he is. Now, I doubt there's a single person in this room who's unaware of anything that I just said. I'm, there's nothing profound about that. That's pretty basic teaching, and I don't think there's anyone in the room who doesn't know that. What I do think is gonna be helpful to all of us is to be reminded of those simple truths. Because <clears throat> it's remarkable to me how often and how quickly I can forget some of the most profound truths in the Scriptures. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, the Holy Spirit loves you with an astounding ocean of God's love. And it's his pleasure to work out the victory of the cross and the burial and the ascension of Jesus in your life. He loves doing it. He loves taking what Jesus accomplished and massaging it through into your life and seeing you come into victory. He loves to bring uh, you into the new self because the old you, the old dead you that was a slave to sin was put to death when you were baptized into Jesus' body and you were baptized into Jesus' death and to his burial and to his resurrection and now the Holy Spirit wants you. He's trying to teach you how to walk into the new you, the new you, the new creation that was created when you were born again and everything about what he loves to do is to talk to you about that new. Step into your new self, walk into the new life, become the new creation that I've called you to be. Put on, embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. Throw off what belonged to your old, embrace the new, be transformed in the renewing of our minds. So he's busy working and leading and guiding God's people and speaking to those people who are not yet believers. The people that you work with, the people you live next door to, the people you buy things from, he is constantly working in them as well. So there's this profound opportunity for us to live lives in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and to partner with him in our days as we bump into people whether they're Christians or not. There is an agenda that he has in this person's life because he loves people. Bible doesn't say, for God so loved the Christians that he sent his only begotten son. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God so loved the world. Yeah. And that means the people who you don't like. And the people that think weird and dress funny. For God so loved the world that he, that he gave his only begotten son. So the Holy Spirit has an agenda in the lives of people that are not yet believers, and so if you'll be open to it, he'd love to use you in their life as well. Sometimes just to confirm something that he's whispered to their heart, sometimes to open up a question in their heart. The Holy Spirit wants to work with you, and if you're open to it and you're listening for it, he'll, he, he loves to do that. He'll use you in their life. Now, we all know that the Scriptures anticipate <clears throat> that there is a relationship between you and the Holy Spirit. We've told on this many times, there's supposed to be a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. May the, the love of God, the, the, the grace of the God, grace, the love of God, the grace of Jesus, and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I messed that up, which is strange, but then, there you go. The point is, there's supposed to be fellowship between us and the Holy Spirit, and that's in a few scriptures, and I'm not gonna get into them. But I wanted to just say, okay, 
what can we do? Given the fact that this is who the Holy Spirit is, given the fact this is what he wants to do in our lives, what is it that you and I can do? So I had this, <clears throat> I had this really fancy message and uh, I, I just felt like the Lord said, no, dump that. And could you just talk about what works for you? So I'm just gonna tell you what's working for me this year, not even in years past. The three things that have worked the best for me in my relationship with the Holy Spirit this year are these. And so I, I offer them to you because I'm hoping that you can walk out of here and put them into practice. Number one, draw yourself near. Make a moment with the Holy Spirit. Draw yourself near. When I was dating Michelle, uh, I used to go around, I used to come back from the army and I'd hike back, I'd hike back, it was, I lived two, uh, two and a half hours, I'd hike back, go home, take a shower, get in my car and come to her house. And then um, I'd hang out with her and from about eight to 11, then her dad would go to bed at 11. He's like, okay, bedtime, all good Christians should be in bed, you know? And so he kicked me out the house. So I'd stand outside the door, technically not in the house, and Michelle would stand inside the door and we'd, we'd talk for another couple of hours. But I wasn't breaking the law. I was a good legalist, right? I'm, I'm outside, I'm not in the house. And we would stand for a couple of hours just, just talking at the door about nothing really. Just because we didn't want to not be together. Just because being together was about the most, it's the only thing I wanted to do, just be with her. And they had a squeaky gate, so I used to climb over the wall because I didn't want to wake dad. And then I'd push my car, it was a downhill. I'd push the car and then jump in and start it halfway down the road. So then my dad waking up and saying, were you here at one in the morning? No. Anyway. For a little while, my, my granddaughter had this, I used to play hide and seek with her and she got it in her mind for a little while that whenever I came in the house, she'd go run and hide which wasn't great, because I'd come in and she'd be gone. I'd go, where's she? Like, she's hiding from me. And then I'd go find her, and then she'd go, Wah! and then she'd run and hide. I was like, I don't like this game. <laughs> and now recently she runs up to me, granddad, and then we hug, I much prefer that. And half the time the church is playing the wrong game with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We're running and hiding from him. Yeah. And he's going, no, come this way, come run to me. And I just wanna say, can you make a moment with the Holy Spirit? Could you run towards him? Could you go, Holy Spirit? Because he can provide initiative and desire and opportunity, but it's us who must draw ourselves near. So make some time, carve out a piece of time to go and be with him. You ever had something really serious you wanna discuss with somebody, but they keep inviting other people into the room? And you, you, you can't actually get to the, oh, okay. Sometimes, sometimes you and I need to just carve out a moment with just us and the Lord. And say, so, Lord, do you have anything you wanna say? Because I think he's got a lot to say. And you'd be amazed, you'd be surprised at how gracious and kind and loving it is that he wants to speak to you about. So I just wanna say, make a moment, set aside some time to be with the Lord. Set aside some time for the Holy Spirit. Now this is gonna be different for everyone. Maybe your moment is early in the morning and it smells like coffee. Maybe it's in the middle of the day and it smells like outdoors. 
maybe it's late at night and it's quiet and peaceful. There's no right or wrong answer here. Make a moment to pray, to give thanks, to worship, to be weak, to expose yourself to his ministry, to be open to his work, to listen to his voice. Draw yourself away from the rest and draw yourself near to him. Present yourself to him in a way that's congruent for you because all relationships thrive on dedicated time. All relationships work when you just want to stand outside the door for for no apparent reason just because I don't want to be anywhere else. I want to be here with you. David said, Psalm 27, my heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. When was the last time you just carved out 10, 15 minutes and just went and hung out with the Holy Spirit? If you did that regularly, I swear to you, it would change your life. I swear to you. So what should I do? Well, don't need to pray. Maybe you want to keep a prayer journal. Maybe you want to track what you've been asking the Lord for. <clears throat> Make sure that you throw in, mix in some thanksgiving there in the middle of your prayers because that's what Philippians 4 says to do and build in some ascribing greatness to God in the middle because that's just a healthy spiritual practice. Maybe you want to spend some time reading scriptures. Different people have different things. Some people have a daily reading program. Some people have devotionals and readings. And I would just ask the Holy Spirit, where do you want me to read? When was the last time, fellowship, when was the last time you just went to hang out with him? To spend time with him because your heart demanded it. Because you just didn't want that moment to end. There's a poignancy, there's a sweetness to that lonely place. Someone and I can be in a crowd and across the room from each other, since somebody says something and our eyes meet, because I know that made her smile, or I know that's a value of hers, I know that lady. And we don't have to be in, the, but because we've spent time together, I know where she's, she's at, I know what she's thinking. And sometimes the church needs to be that familiar with the Holy Spirit so that you, you're, you're busy and you know without him having to say anything. Maybe you want to carve out some time just to listen. For me, I find it helpful to journal because it's a discipline that I just say, Holy Spirit, I need to hear from you, and I start journaling. It's a little piece of time that I've deliberately carved out of my day and say, I'm here. Now, it's not all magical, But many, many times the Holy Spirit says, I'm so glad you caught out this time. Let me speak to you there. But it doesn't have to be journaling. It could be listening. It could be done any any other way. But I I just want to say, make a moment. Make a moment. Draw yourself near. Number two, come to receive what you need. The Bible says that Jesus has blessed you in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Jesus died to, to secure a great inheritance for you. It is yours. It has been given to you because you're in Christ. And one of the things that God has empowered your spirit to do is to receive from the spiritual realm. It's natural ability. So when you got born again, you were born from above. The spirit gave birth to your spirit. Your spirit is alive because of God. This is all I can tell you, all the scriptures. But your spirit is alive. Now your spirit alive inside of you has power to receive from the spirit realm. And so you can receive things in your spirit that your mind is not yet caught up to. The Bible says if you pray in a tongue, 
your spirit prays, but your mind is unfruitful. Your mind is going, what is this? I don't understand these words. This, this doesn't make sense to me, but your spirit is uttering, Paul says, the mysteries of God from your spirit, right? So some people get knotted up with they can't speak in tongues because they think that their mind is supposed to be in control of everything, and it's not. Your body is stuck in space and time. It can only move forward. Your mind can move backwards in time. You can remember things. You can imagine things. You can think ahead. Your mind is bigger than your body, but your spirit is bigger than both of those combined because your spirit can house the living God, and your spirit can receive things. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present a request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding." will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You can receive a peace that goes beyond your ability to understand it. You can be experiencing peace and your brain's going, do you not understand this trouble we're in? Why are you so peaceful? This is not right, this is not effective. Look at the circumstances and your spirit can receive peace that your brain will never understand. Ephesians three, I pray that you have power together with all the saints, to grasp how long and wide and high and deep is the love of Christ and that you know this love, that you experience and taste this love that surpasses knowledge. You can experience what your brain will freak out about. I just want to dare you to come in to the Lord and just sit down and say, Holy Spirit, I'm just here to receive. When I was in the military, <clears throat> day one, they sent you to a big warehouse quartermaster store. The long line, there's about 50 guys behind desks and they start you down. The guy says, what's your shoe size? And you tell him and he puts two pairs of boots. And the guy says, what's your waist? And you tell him and he gives you three pairs of pants and your chest size. And then you, they give you a hat and then they give you a rifle and then they give you bedding and then they give you pillow and then they give you socks. And you stagger out the other end with everything you need to be a soldier. Every morning you can come and just receive what you need for the day. Not because you, you're amazing, but because Jesus was amazing and he completely satisfied the Father and he died to purchase something for you and the Holy Spirit goes, it's all available in this great warehouse. Jesus purchased it all, what do you need? And you can come and just receive it. How do you receive it? You just say, Lord, I'm just gonna drink deep. Jesus used all these words about drink about the Spirit. He said, sup, taste and see. There is, this, there is a moment for you just to eat and drink and just drink deep. So I've been doing this for months now this year. I will go, oh Lord, could I have a sort of a bucket load of wisdom and a boatload of peace and could you add some joy? Could you throw some that? And, and yeah, I, I, need, I need about us. I need an ocean's worth of love and, and maybe because you give me some strength for the day and oh, oh, oh Lord, give me understanding. Oh, and, and grace, Lord. You can stagger out the other side because there's every spiritual blessing that's been stored up for you in Christ Jesus. You can stagger out with as much as you can handle. Receive what you need, number three. Ask him questions. Not many people know this about the Lord, but he loves questions. Not the, I think I've got you now, I think I can hold you. He's, the Holy Spirit's not gonna be pinned down by questions, if you, know what, if you know what I mean. He doesn't answer to men's, oh, what about this? He, he doesn't, he, he usually ignores those. 
But the genuine questions, the hungry heart, oh, he answers every time. So I was thinking about this message, what, what should I tell people? I should tell you, and I've got so much more to say, but I run out of time. Ask the Lord questions. Ask the Holy Spirit. Could you show me how to do this? Could you teach me how to say that? Could you lead me where I should go? Could you talk to me about the people I should listen to? There's a thousand questions that I think the Holy Spirit would love to answer for you. Here's a good one. Is there anything you want to say to me? It's a great question. For a couple of months this year, I've been doing this quartermaster thing. I, I, in the mornings, I come, I just drink, I just receive. I come to receive. I go, this is me. I need a boatload of more grace today, more, some more wisdom. I need some more peace. And I'm just walking down, and the Holy Spirit one day said to me, do you want to know what I want for you? I was like, oh, yeah, what do you want for me? He's got some things. He's got some, he's got some answers. He's got some places. David said, may your good spirit lead me on level ground. And if you're in one of those people who's in a place today, it's just, you've just got more needs, you've got more asks than, than you can shake a stick at, then let me just simplify all of that with this one phrase. Lord, may your good spirit lead me on level ground. So I'm gonna close with a prayer, uh, just that simple prayer. Holy Spirit, would you lead me on level ground? Let's pray together. Well, so much talk about what we should do and where we should go and how we should be and the devotion we should show and the love we should have and the obedience we should demonstrate and the but Lord here I am saying may your good spirit lead me on level ground so Lord Holy Spirit we've come to give you honor and to praise you for who you are and what you do in our lives because you're amazing, Lord. And for all the challenges and all the pressures and all the busyness of life, you're the antidote. You're the one who executes all the kindness of the Father and all the beauty that Jesus purchased. So Lord, in simple faith, we just say, Holy Spirit, thank you. Would you download it for us and through us into a broken world? We embrace you, we celebrate you. Lead us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I thought today would be a great opportunity for us, uh, amongst the other things that are gonna come up in just a little while on the, the ministry, but I'm gonna ask um, some of the elders will be up front here. And if you uh, are not yet filled with the Holy Spirit or you, with the evidence of speaking in tongues and you would like that, some of the elders are gonna be up front here on the right uh, to minister to you and pray with you and it's gonna be a good day for you. Thank you so much. Nice to see you again.